The Greenhouse Effect is a weekly podcast hosted by youth pastor Avery Bowman. This podcast is for teens and their parents. Our goal is to encourage, support, and strengthen the home. Contrary to popular belief, one can survive in this present culture while maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus. Join us each week as we learn from God's Word. Here is your host, Avery Bowman. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Greenhouse Effect. I just want to thank each and every one of you for being a weekly listener. And I want to say thank you for putting in the effort and energy into your teenagers on a weekly basis. I personally don't think that there is a greater job in all the world than to be able to work with teenagers on a weekly basis. It's personally um, something that I absolutely love. And I am so thankful that the Lord has allowed my wife and I to be able to do so. And uh, we are just absolutely loving serving the Lord. Um, if Those of you that don't know us, if it's your first time listening, perhaps, uh, we work here in Columbus, Ohio at High Street Baptist Church, and we work with um, probably around 40 teenagers on a weekly basis, and we've just grown to love each and every one of them and care about them. Um, this week, the direction that the podcast is going to go is discarding unbiblical mindsets. And so um, one of the things that I do see in working with teenagers is that a lot of times we will like to create um, a culture where when you're dealing with teenagers, you will try to um, narrow in on the symptoms of your teenager's behavior and you focus on perhaps maybe the thing that they're doing as far as acting out. And um, I, I think that it's important, though, that we dive into and understand that we need to dial in on their hearts and to get down to the root of this thing. And so we're going to kind of get into this and discuss this, what I mean by that today. But um, the the heart in the Bible is mentioned hundreds of times. And if you think about the heart, what exactly is that? What is What are we speaking of in a spiritual sense when we talk about the heart? And what is the significance? What is the importance there? Um, you can read a lot about the heart in the Bible. And um, we know that the heart affects decisions. It affects feelings. It affects thought processes. And, and all of that comes from the heart. And the heart in the Bible was thought to be, honestly, it, it is the control center. And so that's where the decisions are made. So when you read about the heart, sure what is, um, my watch going off there, but what is the place where um, you'll have your will or your attitudes and intentions, and which is the source of your thoughts, your actions and words? And a couple verses that I want to kind of use as our springboard here would be Psalms 119.9. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Psalms 51.10, very famous passage of scripture. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Matthew twelve thirty four and 35 says, O generation of vipers, how, how can ye, being evil, speak 
good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the heart out of good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And really, when you consider and you think about the heart, um, really, honestly, I think that so many times we um, will treat symptoms and we will, hey, because you did this, then we're going to do this. And we don't necessarily sit down one-on-one with our kids and get into, hey, why are you doing this? What is the um, reasoning in your mind Is there something that's going on? We don't get down to the heart level issue. And sometimes um, that can be the reason for um, not having long-term growth out of our children. I'm not saying not to treat what's going on specifically in the methods of how you handle disciplining your children. But what I am saying is what kind of fruit do those methods bear in the results of change in the life of your young person? Look, are they only leading to superficial um, parenting rather than shepherding the hearts of our children? I recently started a book called The Way of a Shepherd, and that book covers and dives into um, chapter one talks about knowing the flock. And when you know the flock, you get down and you pull back the wool, you know the scrapes and scratches of each individual sheep. And that shepherd knows that, and then he treats it and takes care of it. With your children, are you sensitive to the exact triggers that they have? Are you pulling back the wool, so to speak, in their lives and um, taking off some of the stereotypes that they will put on and the fronts that they put on for us to see so that you know exactly what they're dealing with and facing on a daily basis. Look, if we don't, then the entire point of disciplining our child will completely be in vain. Biblical discipline addresses behavior through addressing the heart. And the heart determines behavior. If you address the heart biblically, the behavior will then be impacted. That's why it's so important to not just um, jump down a kid's throat and scream and yell and carry on. Because what I know is that screaming and yelling and carrying on is not going to translate to certain children to certain teenagers. You know, we have three boys, and they all respond to correction completely differently. One of them, if you speak real calm and direct and pointed, and um, it'll absolutely crush him. Another one you can tell to stand in the corner, and it'll crush him. Another one maybe needs a spanking. But Regardless, there is a lot of different methods, and we have to know what those methods are. When we are dealing with all kinds of different behaviors, we have to take a lot of time to pull back what we're dealing with, to understand what we're dealing with. 
That means we have to take time to pray, to ask the Lord to give us discernment and discretion and wisdom to illuminate our minds at what the real problem is in the situation. I know in working with teenagers, um, one thing that I would do when I first started working in youth ministry is there would be drama or something going on. And naturally, what one would want to do is you would want to get up there and do a pointed direct message at the exact situation. And I can wholeheartedly say with confidence that I don't do that. If there is stuff going on in the youth group, my my teenagers will never get a pointed direct message um, out of an egotistical manner um, where I'm going to land blast and just lay it all out there and rip face and and just let people have it. No, I, I go to the Lord and I ask the Lord to show me a way to get through to teenagers on a personal level. Look, I never want to take the place of, of anybody in a parenting situation, but God has allowed me to pastor and pastor teenagers specifically. And so in doing that, there are times and there are situations when you work with individuals and they come to you and they want help in certain areas and parents come to you and they want you to help their teenagers in certain. But I never take the approach of sitting them down and trying to push Avery on them. I try to be the best example of just living a personal walk with the Lord on a daily basis and just being real and genuine and um, allowing them to ask questions, telling them, hey, do you have any questions about what you're dealing with or what you're struggling with? Is there anything specifically that you don't understand? Is there anything that doesn't make sense to you? And there's times where you want to go and you want to shake that individual and say, I don't understand how this is not getting through to you, you know, but if they're only changing for me, if they're only changing for you, mom and dad, if the Holy Spirit's not getting a hold of their heart, then we've completely failed. We've completely missed the mark. We have to work in such a way, in such a still, small, calm way that the Holy Spirit has to do a work in their lives. And, you know, there's times where it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. You feel like you're, you're, you're losing the battle. But what I know is that I don't want somebody to change for me. You know, I've sat under men and I've served under men in churches where everything was 100% of serving them and working for them and performing for them. And their churches are a result of that performance-based Christianity. Look, we have to get away from that, and we have to point our young people to the Lord. I'm nobody. I'm nothing in the broad scheme of this thing. But we need we need young people to fall in love with the Lord. We need young people to um, read their Bible and pray and have a personal relationship because God is that good. He's that big. He's that amazing. And that's why what they want to live clean, holy, pure lives. But if we're doing it to for them to just please us 
and to satisfy us and to make us happy, I don't know how long that that will last. You think about the bribery approach. Hey, do your work all week and I'll take you to a ball game. You think about an emotional approach. Please do your work and I get so upset when you don't that it makes me feel like crying. I wonder where you went wrong. Or I've invested an awful lot of time in your education and you're making me feel like I've wasted my money, right? You're, you're wrenching on their emotions. There's the punishment approach. You didn't do your work, so no TV for a week. And if you fail again tomorrow, it'll be no TV for two weeks. Behavior modification approach. For every day that you do your work, I'll put a slip of paper in a jar with your name on it. And um, I didn't turn out so bad approach. If I didn't do my work, grandpa used to smack me around. If I didn't hurt me, I learned to do my work. Or perhaps when I didn't do my work, work, he let me alone. And sooner or later, I learned my lesson. It's your problem, not mine. But what each of these approaches, what, what have these accomplished? It is hoped that each has resulted in getting the kid to do his work. But the question is this, how can you move from any of these approaches to the precious life-giving truth that God sent his son to set people free from sin? The above approaches don't lead to the message of the gospel. The heart is being trained away from Christ and his cross. And that's the bottom line is that we have to direct our teenagers to him. I'm not saying that if those methods are used and if they're treating symptoms there in the heat of the moment and you're getting results that you want, that's fine. But ultimately, you are looking to shepherd your children's heart and to get the response that you're wanting to, to become more like Christ, to have that personal relationship to, with, with Christ, not to make you happy, not to do something to better you, but because, hey, God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And that's the reason why we should then love others and listen to others and be outstanding citizens and not do certain things. You see, when we shift the mindset of always having to um, lord over our children's or to point and direct them in certain directions and to just be there for them, we're, we're ignoring the character development. The emphasis is getting homework done. If we're just trying to get a certain result out of them by telling them not to do this or um, if they do do this, then they're not going to be able to come out of the room for a certain amount of time and they won't have their phone. And But children are not being trained to make ethical choices as responsible people living in reverence for God. They're learning how to jump through the hoops that you want to avoid your displeasure. And again, it comes down to training them to fear the Lord and to having a reverence and an admiration for him and a performing for him. And it just, it, it, 
I haven't done a good job of explaining myself and I just know that I, I see it so many times and I know that I, I personally, I lived it and I've watched it, but mom and dad out there, you know, take the time to have such a close personal relationship with the Lord that your kids want it. You might be struggling with um, teenager, your teenager's behavior, and you might be at a loss of what to do, but do some searching. Figure out the root of the problem. Go to the Word of God. I think some of the best advice I've ever gotten is that, hey, look, when you go to the hospital, you're typically going for a specific reason. Maybe you... Um, rolled your ankle and you think you might have broke your broken your ankle. So when you go to the doctor and you're sitting there in the triage unit, they're going to specifically ask you what is going on. You tell them your ankle. Well, when you go back to a room, they're not going to be messing with your wrist. They're specifically dialing into your ankle. And the same thing is true when when you have a situation with your teenager, look, it could be something on their phones. It could be an attitude issue. It could be rebellion. It could be go to the Word of God and look up verses specific for attitude, for rebellion, and, and dive into how to parent through that. Look, you'll never exhaust the Word of God. You'll never not find an answer in God's Word. I know that there is is maybe not 100% clarity in my thoughts and what I'm trying to say here, but ultimately, love your children enough to point them and direct them to the Lord. Look, they are your children, but they're God's children, and and you want them to turn out and to carry on your family's name. But more importantly, allow them to do so because they have personal relationships and personal walks with the Lord, that they fear Him, they reverence Him, they they want His name high and lifted up. I'm praying for each and every one of you. I trust that you're going to have an amazing Christmas. God bless each and every one of you. Spend the time together. Take the time to have quality conversations with your young people. Don't get lost in the hustle and bustle and busyness of this season, but enjoy every second, love on each other, and have a very, very Merry Christmas. We love you all. I'm praying for you. Uh, Merry Christmas from Brother Avery. I'll see you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. The greatest trick Satan has ever pulled is convincing the world he does not exist. We have to live in light of the reality that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He is alive and well today. Remember to work out your salvation today. May God bless you richly as you seek to walk with him.